everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are in Colossians 1, and I am joined in the studio by Mr. Noah Brown. Hi, guys. Noah, I'm so glad you're here. This is a treat. Me too. I'm so glad. Hey, I read The Journey this morning. It was awesome. Do you know the girl that wrote the Devo? Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was me. Why am I not interviewing you then? You know, they, the people, the listeners, they hear from me a lot. They can read my thoughts. But I thought today they should hear from you. <laughs> they can read your thoughts. It's amazing. Well, they can read what I, you know, what I wrote. But Noah, we know each other because we sort of used to be on the same team here in Totally. But you've been at Watermark for how long? And tell everybody what you do now. Yeah. So I've been at Watermark for, uh, gosh, 17 years-ish, maybe. I forget. Um, as, a, as a member, um, sort of came here angry with God, frustrated with things that were going on in my life. Um, a fool's own folly ruins his life, and yet his heart rages against the Lord. That was me, uh, circa 2006, 2007. Came here um, and heard a message I'd never heard before, that God's not mad at you, that he loves you, uh, that his commands are not burdensome, that he's not trying to rip you off, but he wants to set you free. And so I just, I was hooked. Uh, kept coming, went through Regen, um, we got into a community group, met my wife. And y'all have been married. So we've been married 12 years now. Our anniversary is at the end of this month, coming up on 12 years. Nice. Pretty awesome. And um, and we got two kiddos. My uh, my son is about to turn eight, and my daughter is going to be six at the uh, beginning of next month. So pretty wild times. And, uh, and fun fact is that this passage, uh, a portion of Colossians 1, was read in our wedding. 12 oh, years ago. amazing. Yeah. So, so great. It's, it's near and dear to my heart. I love it. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to be here. And today you work on staff as... Oh, that's a great question. I work with uh, married community groups. Married community. Yep. So awesome. getting in all the things with people. All, things. all right. Well, let's dive in. I love this passage for a number of reasons. In your Devo, you talked about the knowledge that, yes. that Paul routinely um, goes back to that word knowledge and wisdom and understanding. And I love that. I So when I read Paul, I'm kind of like the guy... That I don't, I don't read the instructions in, you know, on a test. I just kind of like just dive in and in. assume I'll figure it out. And so when I'm reading Paul's introductions, I, I candidly, I can kind of get annoyed. I'm like, get on, get to the point. Get on with it. But I am, I'm realizing that he's actually making his points in very um, seminal form, right there. Seminal. In those, what do you mean by that? Like that the mean? seed form hmm. of it. He's, he's planting seeds that he's going to water and expound upon throughout the rest of the book. And so he's using words um, and ideas, he's introducing ideas that are going to come back later. And so when he keeps talking about knowledge, well, the knowledge of what? God in Christ. And so the Colossian church was up against a battle where they were hearing, maybe from their culture, maybe from within their own ranks, they were hearing, hey, Jesus is great. But you also need to, you know, abide by these strict dietary laws. You can't drink that. You can't touch that. Hey, this is a this is a Sabbath or a New Moon festival that you've got to be a part of. And and so that's that's cool that you're worshiping Jesus, but you also have to do all these things, right? That's similar to what we wrestle with today, right? Even here in America and here at Watermark. Yeah. Right. If you're you're a good Christian, that's great. But you also you know, you really need to read your Bible seven days a week, and you really have to be a part of a community group, and, and you should probably do ED and Regen and this and this. And all these programs. Um, yeah. And 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 so it's it's not that those things are bad at all, but we hear in that sometimes that if I'm not doing that perfectly or consistently, 
um, or if I haven't done that yet. Oh, yeah, you haven't read Mere Christianity. Oh, my gosh. You haven't read that? I can't believe it, Emma. I haven't exposed. I mean, it's so good. My life was changed, right? You've got to read it. And it can be an innocent conversation like that, and yet we walk away thinking, man, Jesus is disappointed with me because I haven't done that yet, or I haven't done it good enough. And and Paul's point here that he's going to make is Jesus is it. That's it. Like, it doesn't go beyond Jesus. And so, um, so if I may, I'll just kind of get yeah, into it, right? Dive so, in. so he's talking about the knowledge, and then he starts explaining the knowledge of what? Well, the knowledge of Jesus. And he says, if you, you want to know about Jesus, let me tell you. And I think of it kind of like this, like this past summer, my wife and I, with our kids, we went up to Colorado. We went to Crested Butte, never been there before. Gorgeous, like highly recommend it. I've never been. Um, it's, it's, so what's unique about Crested Butte is that the, the valley where the town's built is real flat and wide, right? And so you can be riding your bike or like playing soccer or playing on the playground in town, and you can almost forget that there are these huge mountains right next to you. And so you kind of come around a corner or you look out a window and all of a sudden you go, holy smokes, like that thing is huge. And the more you look at it, I mean, literally Mount Crested Butte is like 3,000 feet just shooting straight wow. up. And so you're sitting there like that that little tiny speck of green is is a 50-foot tree, you know? And that, and that rock face has got to be three or four or 500 feet. And it's just, it's expansive, right? And so as Paul kind of gets into talking about Jesus, it's like this, he's just looking up and up and up and up and up and higher and higher, and you just can't take it all in. And just listen to some of the words he says, that he is the image of the invisible God. You've never seen God. Nobody can see God. And yet we've seen Christ. He's the firstborn of all creation, right? He's, uh, everything was made for him and by him, right? Everything exists for Christ's glory. And furthermore, Christ made it. Like, that's crazy. Whether, whether, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, talk about men in power and women in power. Like, we don't like them. We don't know who they're, we don't, we don't like what they're doing, right? They're invading this country. Okay, they're doing that. Jesus made them, and he is in charge of them. Wow. Right? And then he goes on to say um, that he holds everything together. Right? I love that. And so he goes on and on, and it's just one of the most beautiful pictures of Jesus in the whole scripture, I would say. Right? I mean, am I wrong in saying that? I agree. Uh, When I was in uh, college or my first year out of college, I went through a discipleship program, and the first thing they made us do was memorize 15 through 20. That was like the this is an accurate picture of Jesus. You yeah. need to know this. Yeah, I love it. And so so now that we kind of have a clearer picture of Jesus, because again, we can look at this forever and ever and never see enough of him. Yeah. So what is even more amazing, in my opinion, is that now he goes on to say, I'm a minister. I've been given this message um, by the stewardship of God. I've got to make the word of God fully known. It's a mystery, right? It's hidden for ages and generations and revealed to his saints. To them, God chose to make known. And he, he like you can feel the suspense building, right? And he says, to them, God chose to make known the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is, and pause for a second. Imagine, Emma, that you've never read the Bible before, okay? Or this is your first time through. You get to okay. this point. 
And he says, this mystery, what do you, what do you think it's going to be, right? Yeah, like, I'm on the edge of my seat. It's on the, yeah, it could be like, it could be that God became a man. It could, it could be, be uh, Jews and, and Greeks. The, the, the Gentiles are welcomed yeah. into the fold. That's that's true, too. It could be that um, Jesus died, which is crazy. Yeah. could be that he resurrected, and now he, he like he, now he's giving us um, freedom and, and healing, all these things. And, and you wouldn't be wrong, but the words Paul uses are, the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Which is mind-blowing. Think about that. Like, that is... Unbelievable. I think we can, you know, there's a, there's like um, there's a term called the sing song effect, right, or the lullaby effect, where you you've heard something so often, you've heard. Oh, you just grow. Oh yeah, Jesus is yeah, in me. Christ God in you. Yeah. And and yet this is a big deal, and so much so that Paul is saying that that is Paul's rebuttal to a heresy that says Jesus is great, but you also have to do all these things. He's saying no, 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 no. Do you see that? Jesus is preeminent. He's the first. He's the most. He's the greatest. He's the highest. He's the biggest. He came before all. He made all. And he lives in you. It's mind-blowing. And candidly, Emma, when I look in the mirror... Yeah, what is this for you? I don't see a home built for a king, right? Like when I um, either when I see what I've done or I see what I'm capable of doing, when I see my own insecurity and my fear or my anger or just my propensity to reach out for things that are not godly, that I know the scripture says, don't do that. And yet I feel this like, almost like the alien, you know, um, living inside of you that just goes, ah, that looks good. And I feel that and I go, wow, like, is this a home for a king? And how beautiful, Emma, that Jesus lives inside of us, that he's not embarrassed, that he's not ashamed. We don't have to clean ourselves up. He's not shaking his head. He's not tapping his foot. He's not looking at his watch. And so my encouragement to to you and I and to anyone listening is as you see that in yourself, as you see um, maybe you've sinned or maybe you feel the temptation and you're frustrated again that this is so hard, fly to Jesus, run to him and say, thank you. Like, we don't have to be embarrassed. Thank you, God. You live inside of me. You're enough, and you've given me everything. You're inside of me. And, and, and I love this, um, this quote. I'll paraphrase from uh, a book by Dane Ortland, where he says that, um, that we are united to Christ in such a way that Christ would have to sooner get kicked out of heaven than we would get kicked out of him. Mm, that's strong. Man, I wish, Noah, I wish we had more time. Thank you for sharing. We'll have to have you back on again. Hey, maybe so. We'll see. We'll see. Thanks for letting me be here. This was super fun. Thanks for being here. I am so glad we are on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe, because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.